Relationships are complicated. That's because people are complicated. And as King David returns to his throne in 2 Samuel 19 and Mephibosheth returns to him, we will see another complicated relationship and David have to work through it. And that's what we have to do. We have to work through some of our relationships to make them better, to get clarification, to get to the truth. We'll find out more about how David handles that today on Walk in Truth. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. Back in chapter 19, verse 25, when he came from Jerusalem to meet the king, that the king said to him, and this had to be hard for Mephibosheth to even get to this location because he was lame. And David asked a natural question. He's probably surprised to be, see Mephibosheth. And he said, he said, why? 25, middle of the verse. Why, why didn't you go with me, Mephibosheth? And he answered, oh, my Lord, the king, my servant, he's talking about Ziba, deceived me. For your servant said, I will saddle a donkey for myself that I may ride on it and go with the king because your servant is lame. Here's what appears to be the situation. Mephibosheth wanted a donkey saddled. He was lame. He was waiting on the servant and the servant saddled the donkeys, got the provisions together and took off without Mephibosheth. And what do you, why do you think Ziba did that? Probably because if he could meet the king in his distress, it'd be a good career move for him. And he knew if he left Mephibosheth behind and there was nobody in the house, there would be nobody to help him get to the king. And he could tell a lie about him and position himself to climb the corporate ladder. Because we know people don't do that today. They don't whisper in the boss's ear about, well, you know, uh, this is what's happening with so-and-so. Maybe you've been... Somebody lied about you at work and they got the position and you're like, Lord, how could this be? But let me say to you, the truth eventually comes out. People who weave a web of lies usually end, end up being caught in their own web. So take courage if that's you. David made some assumptions, and Mephibosheth now is straightening out the king. He said, moreover, he has 27 slandered your servant. He lied about me to my lord the king, but my lord the king is like the angel of God. Therefore, do what is good in your sight. You're like an angel to me. You took me into your household. You could see by his outward uh, Look, he was devastated, and he's saying something like this. Ziba told a zinger about me, king. It's false. He duped me. He duped you. It's a lie. Now think about David. David has given Ziba all of Mephibosheth's land, and now he's thinking, oh my goodness, maybe this whole thing was a ruse. It was a lie. For all my father's household was nothing but dead men, Mephibosheth continues, before my lord the king. Yet you set your servant among those who ate at your own table. What right do I have yet that I should complain any more to the king? I'm not going to say any more, he said. You've adopted me. The only reason I'm alive is because of you. I should have been a dead man. Think of, if Absalom would have captured the throne, do you think Mephibosheth would have been killed? I think so. Because Absalom didn't want any rivals to the throne. 
So Mephibosheth is just basically saying to David, I've told you the truth, but I'm not going to say any more because who am I? You've been so good to me. And David found himself in a quandary. What would he do now? So the king said to him, why do you still speak of your affairs, 29? I have decided you and Ziba shall divide the land. David changed what he said earlier. He had given all the land to Ziba. Let me just say, here's an application point. Some bad decisions simply need to be reversed. If you made a bad decision in the past and you can reverse it, don't be too ashamed to change it. If you made an error because you didn't have the full facts, don't be afraid to say, I made a mistake. I'm going to reverse my decision. As a king, he could have just said, you know what, you need to live with it. I made an official pronouncement from the crown, too bad. But he said, no, I'm going to have you divide the land. Now, some of you read that and you think, divide the land? What are you talking about, divide the land? He should give all the land back to Mephibosheth and he should hang Ziba, right? What's David doing here? We don't know for sure, but he may be testing Mephibosheth. I want you to turn, um, there's a passage in 1 Kings it's right, okay? Just the next book to the right. Check this out. 1 Kings 3, 16. Solomon is now, uh, as David's son, taken the throne. Two women, 1 Kings three sixteen, who were harlots, came to the king, stood before him. One woman said, oh my Lord, 1 Kings three seventeen. this woman and I live in the same house and gave birth to a child while she was in the house. It happened on the third day after I gave birth that this woman also gave birth to a child. We were together. There was no stranger with us in the house, only two of us in the house. This woman's son died in the night because she lay on it, 20. She arose in the middle of the night, took my son from beside me while your maidservant slept, laid him in her bosom and laid her dead son in my bosom. And when I rose in the morning to nurse my son, behold, he was dead. But when I looked at him carefully in the morning, behold, it was not my son whom I had born. Then the other woman said, no, for the living one is my son and the dead one is your son. But the first woman said, no, for the dead one is your son and the living one is my son. Almost sounds like your children in the back seat. Thus they spoke before the king, no, yeah, no. Then the king said, 23, the one says, this is my son who is living, and your son is the dead one. The other says, no, for your son is the dead one, and my son is the living one. The king said, get me a sword. So they brought a sword before the king, and the king said, divide the living child in two. Give half to the one and half to the other. The woman whose child was the living one spoke to the king, for she was deeply stirred over her son and said, oh, my Lord, give her the living child and by no means kill him. But the other said, he shall be neither mine nor yours. Divide him. Wow. Then the king answered and said, give the first woman the living child. By no means kill him. She is his mother. And when all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had handed down, they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to administer justice. Back to 2 Samuel. Is it possible that Solomon, using the same tactic as David, said, we're going to divide the land to see what Mephibosheth would say. If Mephibosheth made a big 
deal about it, maybe that would reveal his heart. There are so many situations where families get into debates and arguments about property and possessions. And if you put possessions above people, you will not have healthy relationships. And it is sad that many people who end up with a loved one dying, they get in fights over the will, and it is very sad. And I'm not saying people don't have legitimate gripes about you know, what should take place here, but it, it reveals people's hearts in these moments. And I think David maybe was trying to find out about Mephibosheth's heart. And Mephibosheth would tell the king that he didn't care about the land. Verse 30, back in 2 Samuel 19, he said to the king, let him even take it all. I don't care, 30. Since my lord the king has come safely to his own house, I don't care about the land. I don't care about the stuff. You were taking care of me anyway. Let him have it. I don't care. What do you think that meant to David's heart? He probably said, ah, now I can see that you're telling the truth. Maybe David was a bit stunned, but Mephibosheth was restored. We need to remember these lessons. Now there's a third visitor that comes to the king, verse 31. His name is Barzillai. It's a, he made a form of pasta back in the day. It's a, <laughs> kind of a squirrely little, small, just kidding. Anyway. Now he was a Gileadite, and he had come down from Rogelum. They made uh, things that helps your hair grow back. Um, just kidding. And he went on to the Jordan with the king to escort him over the Jordan. Barzillai, by the way, if you look it up in Hebrew dictionaries, lexicons, means iron-hearted or Iron Man. I'm not kidding. Barzillai's name is Iron Man. Woo! Everything comes from the Bible. People just don't know. Okay? And he was... 80, how about an 80-year-old Iron Man? Gotta love it, right? Those Iron Man competitions are pretty cool. I was telling uh, a group, and I'm not sure if it was this group, but uh, about an Iron Man competition where there was a father and a son, and the son was handicapped, and he really can't talk or walk. He speaks through a computer, and his dad pulls him in Iron Man competitions. Uh, he'll ride a bike with his son on the back. He'll pull him in a boat for the swimming portion. And uh, he runs and pulls his son. And his son put into the computer, when my dad is running, it feels like I am. And the dad's, I think, in his 50s or 60s, and he's a stud. Calves are just, <laughs> right? And it's just such a beautiful story. Well, Barzillai, um, when he was very old, look at verse uh, 32, being 80 years old, and I'm sorry if you're close to 80, but that's what the Bible says. <laughs> he had it sustained the king while he stayed at Mahanaim. He was a very great man. Uh, ESV, NIV says he was a wealthy man. And he shows up. Now, it had to be a hard trip for him from Rodellum to this location because he was 80 and it was hard to travel. But he had sustained the king. In fact, in an earlier chapter, just to get the backstory, 2 Samuel 17, 26, take a peek. 1726, it says, Israel, Absalom camped in the land of Gilead. 2 Samuel 17, 27. Now, when David had come to Mahanaim, Shobi, the son of Nahash,
Hey, listening family, if you're new to Walk in Truth, my name is Michael Lance. I'm the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona in Southern California. Hey, recently I've written a book called Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God. It shows you how to put on what God has provided so that you can stand strong in the spiritual battle and stand strong against temptation with the resources that God provides. This book is available at the store at walkintruth.com. Go to walkintruth.com, click on the store, click on the book. I'll get you a signed copy and your donation will help support Walk in Truth and help us reach out to more people. Again, the book is Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God, available at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. I was telling uh, a group, and I'm not sure if it was this group, but uh, about an Ironman competition where there was a father and a son, and the son was handicapped, and he really can't talk or walk. He speaks through a computer, and his dad pulls him in Ironman competitions. Uh, He'll ride a bike with his son on the back. He'll pull him in a boat for the swimming portion, and uh, he runs and pulls his son. And his son put into the computer, when my dad is running, it feels like I am. And the dad's, I think, in his 50s or 60s, and he's a stud. Calves are just, (laughs) right? And it's just such a beautiful story. Well, Barzillai, um, when he was very old, look at verse uh, 32, being 80 years old, and I'm sorry if you're close to 80, but that's what the Bible says. (laughs) He had to sustain the king while he stayed at Mahanaim. He was a very great man. Uh, ESV, NIV says he was a wealthy man. And he shows up. Now, it had to be a hard trip for him from Rodellum to this location because he was 80 and it was hard to travel. But he had sustained the king. In fact, in an earlier chapter, just to get the backstory, 2 Samuel 17, 26, take a peek. 17, 26, it says, Israel, Absalom camped in the land of Gilead. 2 Samuel 17, 27. Now, when David had come to Mahanaim, Shobi, the son of Nahash, from Rabbah, of the sons of Ammon, Machir, the son of Amiel, from Lodabar, and Barzillai, the Gileadite, from Rogelum, brought beds, basins, pottery, wheat, barley, flour, parched grain, beans, lentils, parched seeds, honey, curd, sheep, cheese of the herd, for David and the people who were with him to eat, for they said the people are hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. Barzillai was an awesome guy. Iron Man. And he came to David in his distress and he brought provisions. Turn back to 2 Samuel 19 as we wind down. And the king said to Barzillai, 33, you cross over with me and I will sustain you in Jerusalem. Now, he had to be a sight for sore eyes. Shimei, you know, then Mephibosheth, a little bit more complicated. But when Barzillai walked up and the king saw him, what do you think he thought? Oh man, there's my good friend. This guy's always had my back. I love this guy. I've got an Iron Man poster in my garage. He's he's awesome. And so he showed up, and David said, I want you to cross with me, and I want you to go to Jerusalem. But Barzillai said to the king, How long have I yet to live that I should go up with the king to Jerusalem? I'm now 80, 80 years old. Can I distinguish between good and bad, 35? Or can your servant taste what I eat or what I drink? Can I hear anymore the voice of singing men and women? Why then should your servant be an added burden to my lord, the king? 
In Ecclesiastes 12, verses 1 through 7, I won't go there for, for the sake of time, but this, this Barzillai almost sounds like the writer of Ecclesiastes who uses metaphors for getting old and basically says, can't hear the voice of singing like I used to, and I get up at the crack of dawn and I don't know why. As we get older, that seems to happen to us. We just wake up in the middle of the night. A little bird chirps and we wake up, right? Our teenagers can sleep through a helicopter landing on the front lawn. But a little bird chirps and we're like, oh, right? It's, it talks about the almond tree and our hair starts to change color when we get older. Some of you know which aisle to go down to remedy that, right? Comb a little bit in, whatever. Now, I have people around me. I, I have a little sprinkling coming in, and I'm told it looks distinguished. Come on, church. Give me some love. <laughs> yes, Pastor Michael, it does. Then I ask other individuals, well, why do you color your hair? Well, it's different in my case. So it's distinguished for me, but it's different for you. How does this work? I don't know. I'm going to go with the distinguished thing anyway. So he said, your servant would merely cross over the Jordan 36. Why should the king compensate me with this reward? Please let your servant return that I may die in my own city near the grave of my father and my mother. However, here is your servant, Chimham. He ran a combination business of chimney sweeping and selling ham out of the same location. What, you don't believe that? <laughs> I'm kidding. Actually, you don't pronounce the C-H. His name is actually Kimham. Let him cross over. He's probably a, a son or a grandson to Barzillai. With my Lord, the king, and do for him what is good in your sight. I'm not going to go. I'm older. I, I want to be home. But please bless my son or grandson. And the king answered, Kimham shall cross over with me, and I will do for him what is good in your sight. Whatever you require of me, I will do. And so... All the people crossed over the Jordan. The, the king crossed too. The king kissed Barzillai. Maybe he thought, I don't know if I'm going to see this guy ever again. You know, if you had, if you've gone to another country and you, you're not sure you're going to be back and you say goodbye to somebody. Sometimes as Christians we say, if I don't see you this side, I'll see you in heaven. I think it may have been a moment like that for the king. He kissed him. He blessed him. It would be something like a holy kiss, a blessing and he returned to his place. And David had to be thinking, thank God for good friends that stay by your side. There is a site known as Garuth Kimham, literally the habitation near Kimham. It's mentioned in Jeremiah 41:17. It's near Bethlehem, which is the birthplace of David and also the birthplace of Jesus. And it's a marker that David was true to his word. And so the people crossed over and they came uh, across the, the place uh, of the Jordan to a place called Gilgal. Just write this down for your notes. Gilgal is central to Joshua leading the people in Joshua chapters 3 through 5. And Gilgal means a rolling away. A rolling away of past mistakes. A rolling away of things that hurt of our mistakes in the desert for the children of Israel. And they came to Gilgal, very significant. And Kimham went on with him. And all the people of Judah and also half the people of Israel accompanied the king. Now, those who even were 
against the king, maybe on Absalom's side. They were trying to get back in the good graces of the king. He's crossing over the Jordan. There's some great symbolism and significance. Gilgal a rolling away. Let's, let's restore relationships. Let, let's get things right again. All the people of Judah, half the people of Israel are there, probably representative elders of the people. And behold, all the men of Israel came to the king and said to the king, now the king has to be feeling good about Barzillai and all that's happened. And they said, why had our brothers, the men of Judah, stolen you away? Just when you think things are going to calm down. Someone else comes with another complaint. You ever had a week like that? A week of what we might call intense fellowship at home? <laughs> and you're like, all right, we got everything worked out now, right? Wrong. And somebody else comes up, you know, let me tell you something else. <laughs> you're like, no more, please. Well, they came and they said, they stole you away and brought the king and his household, all David's men with him over the Jordan. They, they took you away from us, king. Then all the men of Judah answered, the men of Israel, because the king is a close relative to us. Why then are you angry about this matter? Have we eaten at the king's expense or has anything been taken from us? But the men of Israel answered, this is almost like watching a tennis match. They answered them. They said, then they said, yeah, but they, and he, and we, and you're like, I'm getting dizzy. And the men of Israel answered the men of Judah and said, we have 10 parts in the king. We're 10 tribes. Therefore, we also have more claim on David than you. He's ours. No, he's ours. He's ours. It's mine, 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 mine. You ever watched a children fight over Christmas presents on Christmas morning? And if one of them grabs a box, they'll fight over it. It doesn't matter what it is. They are born into the world with sinful tendencies. Anybody need any additional proof of that? I don't think so. So they're fighting back and forth. We have 10 parts. Well, David's our relative. Why then did you treat us with contempt? Why did you despise us? Was it not our advice first to bring back our king? Yet the words of the men of Judah were harsher or even could be more weighty than the words of the men of Israel. And David looked back and forth, back and forth, and there they went. Ah, family relationships. Just when you thought the nation of Israel was restored and unified, there they go again. You know, I'll just tell you, if you in your marriage and relationships, expect conflict, you'll probably be better off. We say in premarital counseling to young couples, anticipate conflict in your marriage. Why they say, I love him so much, and you say, because it's coming. <laughs> you, try, you try to tell them, you've been married a couple of decades, you know. Right? It will come. Believe me. Oh, no. I will never, ever be mad at him or her. Goo, goo, gaga. And you're like, all right. <laughs> Separate for a moment. It's coming. <laughs> Anticipate it. Here's what you can do when it comes. Oh, I don't know. Just listen. And then you tell him, okay, conflict can be good because it can help you deal with stuff and all of that. But... Family relationships can be difficult. Now, I'm going to move into chapter 20 and just tell you about one more story. I will use my shofar for this story. Now, a worthless fellow <laughs> happened to be there whose name was Sheba, the son of Bichri, a Benjamite, and he blew the trumpet. Let's see if we can do this. 
Hold on. <laughs> you guys who were here on Easter, you know I was able to do it, right? Hold on a minute. Okay, anyway. I went to this church on Sunday, and he grabbed this thing, and <laughs> anyway. Now, he, he blew the, literally the shofar, that's a ram's horn, and he said, we have no portion in David, nor do we have an inheritance in the son of Jesse, every man to his tents, O Israel. So said, look, look, we don't have any portion here. So all the men of Israel withdrew from following David, verse 2. They followed Sheba, the son of Bichri, but the men of Judah remained steadfast to their king from the Jordan, even to Jerusalem. I'd love to leave you with some grand news about this story. The truth is, after all this bickering, many people who showed up at the Jordan followed David no more after that day. And they followed this worthless man. His name literally means Belial, which is a name for the devil. And off they went. Imagine being David at the end of this day. And there they go. And you're like, wow. Relationships are complicated. We'd love for them all to go the way that they should. But I'll tell you this. One day, we're all going to unite under the greater David King Jesus. And this is supposed to be a foretaste of that day. And I'm so sorry when I see brothers and sisters hurting each other. And I will tell you, I've probably done it. I'm sure I've done it. I'm sure you've done it. But the more the Holy Spirit has control of our lives, we can reflect the king and the kingdom we're, we're supposed to represent. And it's largely going to be lived out, please hear me well, in your relationships. How healthy are they? What might you need to do in response to this message to make something right that's wrong? As much as it depends on you. Not all things are fixable, I know, at least for this moment. But walls can come down. Humility can bring healing. And Jesus said that the world may know. Jesus knew what it was for people to bail on him. But one day we will all be united under that great King Jesus. And I pray that we could start this side of heaven, amen? This side of the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. And get some things right. Hey, listening family, if you're new to Walk in Truth, my name is Michael Lance. I'm the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona in Southern California. Hey, recently I've written a book called Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God. It shows you how to put on what God has provided so that you can stand strong in the spiritual battle and stand strong against temptation with the resources that God provides. This book is available at the store at walkintruth.com. Go to walkintruth.com, click on the store, click on the book. I'll get you a signed copy and your donation will help support Walk in Truth and help us reach out to more people. Again, the book is Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God, available at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael would love to hear from you. You can write him when you visit walkintruth.com.